Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by Kaleida Health. All right, ripping and roaring here through a Tuesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Bills Live is the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're here with you until 3. And it's a shame that some of the conversations that one Stephen A. Tasker and myself have (laughs) in our office don't make the air. We are going to share one with you here because Steve and I were going back and forth about the upcoming game on Sunday between the Jets and the Lions. I am all aboard the Dan Campbell train and biting off kneecaps. Lions are playing some good football. They gave the Bills all they could handle on Thanksgiving. And their (laughs) offensive coordinator is a play-calling savant of late. Jamison Williams is now working his way back into the fold, their number one draft choice who came off the ACL that he suffered in the, I want to say, national championship game. I can't remember if it was the SEC yes, title game or right. national. Either national way, championship. early January. And uh, they are a tough out right now. Now, you could say the exact same thing about the Jets. So, Steve and I are at odds. Brownies. <laughs> As to, a Brownies a lion guy. I'm all, I think the Lions are going to beat the Jets this week. Steve believes the Jets, and I quote, are going to, what you say, annihilate? What lump you, them up. Lump them up. Lump up the Lions this week. Because my, my logic is, as anybody with a long history in football like I do has, it is this. Don't ever forget, it's the Lions. So Steve makes a dramatic exit from the office as he utters this line. 
Brownie. Don't ever forget. Ne- don't ever forget. It's the Lions. So Steve leaves the office. Nice exit, he, too. Timed it right. Oh, it yeah. Pulled it, it off like, great. It was great. Yeah. dramatic exit. Then as I come back he in. He comes back in the office. <laughs> he comes back to his cubicle to sit down. <laughs> and I look Steve dead in the eye, and I go, Steve, never forget, it's the Jets. <laughs> to, Steve to contemplates said, for a second. That's a good point by you. <laughs> That's a good point by you. Is this the, I don't know what you're going to get game of the week or what? It's when, and I said it this way, it's when the hard, cold truth meets the indisputable fact. (laughs) Which is which? And yes, pick, take your pick. The Lions are the hard, cold truth and the Jets are fact. Here's the thing I, I think about the Jets. They legitimately push the Bills to the limit in both those games. They are legit up front. Their defense is for real. Yeah, they're a good matchup they for are, what the Bills do offense. Exactly. And I think for that reason, it's going to be hard for the Lions to do what they've been doing, and that's hang a bunch of points on them. And I, I just think the Jets are a better football team right now with Mike White. And I – you know, I just can't get my mind around that. Now, I forget. It's easy to forget too. For me, the Lions gave the Bills all they wanted as well. It was a thirty-three thirty game. Don't forget, twenty-eight twenty-five. A twenty-eight twenty-five game. Don't forget. <laughs> and that you know, it was a game that was it was tough. It was on Thanksgiving. All that da 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 da. It's twenty-eight twenty-five Bills. And I, but I just think the Jets are more for real than the Lions. I just and they're at home. The Jets are at home. I, I just yeah. I just think the Jets are a better football team. And um, right at this point in history, Dan Campbell aside, I think the Jets are being better run. So I, I like Robert Sala. I like Dan I like both these head coaches. I it's just hard for me not to get my mind around the fact that the Jets pushed the Bills to the limit twice and beat them once. Yeah, and the let me say this: the Bills didn't the play Bills very are good the really time. the Bills are the best team in the conference. They've played the toughest schedule. They've been injured as much as anybody in the league, and they're the one seed. And they were on the road against Baltimore and beat them, Kansas City and beat them. They had Tennessee here and crushed them. I just the Bills are for real team. And to come in and play the way the Jets did against them twice and beat them once says a lot about how good a football team they are. So in this yeah. week, when we're talking about, and I don't know why we were all on the, I think the Lions are going. Uh, the Lions have had a nice stretch, no question. It's hard to win a bunch of games in a row, and they've won a bunch of them. Yeah, I think the one equalizing factor for the Lions that goes largely unnoticed. I think you can make an argument. They have one of the top five offensive lines in the entire league. They have a very good offensive line, some high draft picks, and they move defensive lines off the line of scrimmage. Now, the Jets are a tall order, especially if Quinn and Williams is back in the lineup. If he doesn't play, I like the Lions' offensive Here's line. The thing. Yeah, okay, but they played the Packers, they played the Bears, they played the Giants, they played Jacksonville I know. and Minnesota. I know. And they lost to the Bills in the midst of all that. And they lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Seahawks. They lost to the Vikings. They lost to the Eagles, like everybody's doing. They beat the Commanders, the Packers, the Bears, the Giants. 
A lot of middle Jag- of the road teams. And the Jaguars and Minnesota this last week win. Well, they're playing we, a last-place schedule. We've known Minnesota was a fraud since they beat us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, they're, the Jets are a for-real football team, and I think the, I think the Lions have been making hay against a soft schedule. The Jets don't consistently score points the way the Lions do. And I realize the Lions are playing yeah. a last-place schedule, but guess what? So are the Jets. That's true, though. It's true. They, they, 31, 31, 25, 40, 34. Those are all they games. They score their last points. six games. They're, they're scoring a lot. And their OC, Ben Johnson, is going to start getting some sniffs. Now, maybe not this offseason, but next offseason for a head coaching job. Because I don't know why. Yeah. Sometimes these coordinators have one good year, bang, they're gone. Yeah. I, I think other guys have. He's going to need a little bit bigger body of work. So it's year, probably not this offseason. No, though. The Lions. Doing that with the Lions is, I with think. With Jared Goff. Exactly. I think that says a lot about his abilities to squeeze the most out of his personnel. And teams aren't going to want to pass on a guy who ends up being a really good guy for somebody else a year later yeah. or two years later. So sometimes these guys skyrocket to a head coaching job. Like mm-hmm. back in whenever it was when Sean McVay got his job, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt LaFleur, all these, you know, McCoy. Is that right, McCoy in Cincinnati? No, that's not right. What, what am I missing? What's oh, the head coach yeah, in Cincinnati? Yeah, the head Cincinnati? coach's name is uh, – uh, I, I always remember. forget his name. Anyway, those guys, they all got hired all at the same time in that same you know big rush. And now they're, they're all still coaches. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. I don't want to say the McCoy all the time. I don't know. Zach Taylor. That crew that got hired, they all were meteoric rises. And then you got guys that – you know, in coordinator spots like Brian Dable who – did it with Josh Allen for four years before he ever got a chance. You know, Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. Josh McDaniel sat in New England. He had a couple of jobs. He's had a shot at it for yep. a while, though. But there's all these guys that sometimes it takes them forever to get a, a look, and then other times they go right away. So I don't get that. I don't get that. Yeah. But this guy in Detroit is supposed to be – Really good. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see, see on Sunday. We'll now learn they, a lot more on Sunday. They scored. They scored twenty five against the Bills defense. And the but the Jet defense statistically is better than that. Yeah. Well, well they're better in certain areas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I. I still th- I'm very interested to in see how that game turns out uh, this week against the Jets Lions. And the reason we got into this is because Robert Sala still believes his team's his playoff team, and they get they got to win out to make it happen. No doubt, they got to win out. Yeah, they got leapfrogged last night by the New England Patriots, who beat the Arizona Cardinals after Kyler Murray went out with what looks to be an ACL injury on the third play from scrimmage, another non-contact injury. This one on grass. I know turf has come under fire for these kinds of injuries, but this one happened on grass. And with the Patriots winning that game 27-13, they leapfrogged not only the Jets, but I believe the Chargers. i got to check that again. Did they, are the Chargers still in? Right, let me hold on. Let me go back and make sure. Yes, they leapfrogged the Chargers as well. So they're in the seven hole. Chargers slide back to eight after holding the final playoff spot for a day. And the Jets are now ninth. So... Jets are looking up at a couple of teams just with them alone. 
And <laughs> not for nothing, Steve, Miami at eight and five suddenly has New England and the Jets breathing down their neck for second place. You know what I mean? So Miami's not pushing the panic button yet, but they're going to come in here motivated to win a game. They can't drop they three can't in a row, drop, they can't especially drop in the game. AFC no, and a division they, loss. This is, this is a huge game for Miami. All of a sudden, because Miami got beat last week, the Bills have got a little bit of breathing room. It's not as, it's not as crucial for the division as it is for Miami. For the Bills, it's crucial for the one seed. They need this game, but they're going to they're going to win this division. I mean, that's all there is to it. But Miami is you're right. Miami is now they're they're riding a little bit of a bubble right now. And if that bubble pops, they may be home right after the regular season's out. They may miss the playoffs completely. Yeah, with the Patriots and the Jets. Interesting thing about well, we'll talk about this more later in the week. But the defensive game plans of both the Niners and the Chargers. Worked very well against Tua Tagovailoa in that Dolphins passing game. We'll we'll dice more of that up later in the week because we have other items we have to get to today, most notably concerning the Bills passing game. Two player transactions, well, involving a total of four players actually, by the Bills today. One active roster move, one practice squad move today. The active roster move was the signing, re-signing actually, of defensive tackle Brandon Bryant to the 53-man roster. They released defensive tackle C.J. Brewer as a result. He had just rejoined the roster last week after the injury to Jordan Phillips was suffered in the New England game. So they added him for depth. He was uh, added to the active roster last week. He's now since been released because Brandon Bryant has spent the better part of the last three seasons with the Bills on the practice squad, called up for some games here and there over the last three seasons. He essentially, Steve, is this team's fifth defensive tackle. So anytime one of the top four defensive tackles gets injured, Brandon Bryant's the next guy in the rotation. Yeah, I think, I the think problem that... is they had to move him off the roster recently because of a injury situation in another position. They had to make room on the roster, and he got claimed off waivers by Houston. The Texans right. just released him yesterday, and the Bills scooped him back up and put him on their active roster. I think this spells problems for, like, Jordan Phillips. I don't know. If, I think what, he might what, be out a while. Yeah, this may be a signal that he's not coming back soon. Well, I think he's also, no offense to C.J. Brewer, but Brandon Bryan is a more experienced right. and, and probably an upgrade for your, what will amount to your fourth defensive tackle again this week in the event that Jordan Phillips can't get back from his shoulder injury and miss a second straight game. So that was roster move number one. Roster move number two Getting a lot more attention, and we understand why. Cole Beasley signed to the Bills practice squad this morning. And this was a move that I don't know if many people thought would ever take place again. Um, after he was released after last season. So he's back in the fold. Yeah. And, you know, this is something they did just two weeks ago with John Brown. So the receiving core... It, it's like old home days. They're getting the band back yeah, together. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons for there's a couple of what you can all we can all kind of see why John Brown and Cole Beasley one they they know the offense two it's important if you're going to have an insurance policy for your receiving core that those guys are plug in and play and 
Josh Allen knows him and understands him. And trusts And trusts them. him. Um, I don't know that and, – and it could be construed, too, as like, wow, I don't know if they like Khalil Shakir. Boy, I don't know if, if uh, Isaiah McKenzie's really given them everything they thought they were going to get out of him. Or I don't know that Jake Coomer is not going to come back from injury. Uh, all this – you can go down the list of possible reasons why. But I think when push comes to shove and you got a team like this in the situation the Bills are at, the one seed, Super Bowl aspirations – all of the things that are attached expectation-wise with this club, you've got to have guys that in case something happens, you can plug them in and they're ready to go and cover for you and, get, and not drop off in production. I would agree that that is how we should view John Brown. John Brown is a player that had trouble staying on a roster last year after he was released by the Bills following the 2020 season. And... Now he's back, and while I still believe he has NFL ability, he strikes me more as what you termed it, an insurance policy. Cole Beasley, I think, could be something different. If you look at this passing offense, it has not functioned the same as it did last season with Beasley in it. They have a true number. They still have a true number one option in digs. But no single individual, nor a group of individuals in Buffalo's receiving core has been able to adequately replace the production that Cole Beasley had in this offense. Whether it's one guy playing the slot, two guys playing the slot, and maybe injury has something to do that do with that with Jamison Crowder on injured reserve. But the bottom line is this. They have not been able to replicate Cole Beasley's production in this offense since he left. And because of that, he's back. Now, is he going to walk right in and put somebody out of a starting lineup position? I don't think that's going to happen right away. Because last I checked, this guy was out hunting with his kids two weeks ago. Here's the thing, too. Not running routes. Right. Here's the thing as well. that It's... And I'll say this, if they're going to go, if, if you can picture this happening and say, hey, is there any, you know, what are you looking, what do you want, Josh, what are you looking for? Listen, he wants somebody who can catch the ball. Cole Beasley was a phenomenal, he had a great catch radius. The Bills are number two in the National Football League in drops. They're actually number one, according to some statistical services. They're, they're the worst in the league, or at least second worst in the league, at dropping the football. So if you're going to go to Josh Allen and say, what do you think? What, who should we get? He'll know. He's going to say, listen, give me a guy who can catch. Right. And that falls on Cole Beasley. Now, Cole Beasley's a long way from getting on the field for the Bills. Now, I hold this. I, I will say this. I say he's a long way from getting on the field with the Bills. I also said like four, five, six weeks ago on this show when people were saying something, when, he, when Beasley retired from the Bucks. Bucks, I said, there's no way he's coming back here. There's, that's not, he's done. He doesn't want to play. So I'm saying <laughs> there's no way he's getting on the field. I could be really wrong just again. Well, but he's got to get in shape, get in the offense, get acclimated. And you can say, well, he was only – yes, I get all of that. But it's a, it's a long time. And he's got some things to prove, certainly to himself as well. He's probably got to get out there and get see what it feels like to be back in uniform. But I think that's more about what this is than anything. This is a team that leads the league and drops. And Cole Beasley doesn't do that. And he's got a quarter he got a quarterback back there who's in any given Sunday the best player on the field for either team. 
and he wants somebody who's not going to drop when he throws it. Well, so. and not only that, in de- you know, the coaching staff, as we have seen since Sean McDermott got here, you earn everything you get on the field. If you produce, you stay on the field. If you don't produce, you're not on the field. Yeah, you can earn, you take a seat. You, you can, can earn your way on the field, but you earn your way off it. And we've seen it. It it has taken 14 weeks for James Cook to to earn an, a, more than 20 snaps right, a game to get any kind of playing time. Playing time. And we've seen it's it was a struggle at times. The guy's dropping pass. He's falling down with the ball in his hands. He's dropping passes. He whiffs on a block and gets the wide receiver number one jacked up. I mean, it's you know, so if you can earn your way on the field, you can earn your way off. And this you're right, Brownie. Cole Beasley may be a signal that somebody's earning their way off. Yeah. Well, drop more passes and you'll be sitting on the bench pretty quick because you say, Oh, well, everybody drops passes. Yeah. But as Steve mentioned, the team leads the league and drop passes with 32. That's according to ProFootballReference.com. Two more than the next closest teams, Miami and the Chargers, uh, with Green Bay not far behind. So that's a problem because you're sacrificing the efficiency of your offense as a result. This despite the fact that the Bills are still first in the AFC in average yards per play on first down. And they are still, let me just double-check this and make sure I'm right. No, they've slipped to number two in the league in third-down efficiency. Drops are part of that equation. Because, look, I'm not saying that Josh has the highest on-target percentage in the league. He doesn't. He's actually middle of the pack this year. But there have been enough plays to be made for receivers to push this offense forward, and it has not happened. That, combined with the fact that no one has seized the true wide receiver two role within the scope of this passing game, is why Cole Beasley is here now in the 11th hour of the 2022 season. The the team, the offensive staff, they gave the players on this roster more than enough time to develop, find their place within the scope of the passing game, and produce. We're at week 15 now. And the offensive staff has said, that's it. We've given you all enough time. We still have kinks and problems with the execution in this offense. We're going to fix it with people now, not with scheme, not with repetition, not with coaching. All of those methods have been attempted. It's not working. Bring in Cole Beasley. Here we go. You got to bring in – they're bringing in competition. Competition makes you better. Cole Beasley is going to – is there to play. Uh, just like Naheem Hines was brought in as competition, uh, just like the the roller coaster or the carousel at corner, the you know uh, Christian Benford, Kyrie Elam, Tredavious White now, Xavier Dane Rhodes. Jackson, Xavier Rhodes, all these guys are have been rotated through at different times. Now certainly injury was also in part of that mix as well, but Xavier Rhodes was signed for a reason and he's on the field here, uh, has been on the field, so they are not sitting standing pat on this roster even as this season winds down and it culminates in a playoff berth you got to keep pushing if you're on this roster and i think this cole beasley signing is one more it's a wake-up tangible sign of tangible piece of proof that proof that says you got to keep pushing yeah i think the offensive staff has run out of patience here unless they see dramatic changes 
ahead of one of the most important games of the season. Uh, listen, I, we're going to be making changes, and we got people on the roster ready to be that change. And I know, and I know, um, you know, in some cases, criticism's fair. I get it, um, and it's but it's a, an imperfect world we live in, and guys make mistakes all the time. You know, guy, I'll drop a pass. Everybody drops a pass now and again. Here's the thing, too. You got to remember, they've had the hardest schedule of anybody in the National Football League, certainly in the AFC. They've been extremely injured, an injured club. Uh, they've lost a Hall of Fame pass rusher. They've lost an all-pro safety caliber player. And they've had in, guys in and out of the lineup on defense all over the field. Their offensive line has been injured up and down, had guys up and down, all of that. Having said all of that, the schedule, the injuries, um, they're the number one seed in the conference. Right. There's not too much to criticize here, and there, but this kind of atmosphere is the one that really sets you apart. They're not sitting back waiting for the playoffs to start. They're trying to get better all the time, even now, week 14, 15 of the regular season. This is a team that is pushing all the buttons. Uh, and, I, and I can tell you this, too. Not only is it the players and the roster, but Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, Ken Dorsey, uh, starting with McDermott, are making sure that the coaching staff is on that plan, too. Get better. Yeah. Get better. Be ready for those situations when they occur. Which prompts the question that we have sitting on the table for you at One Bills Live. Have the Bills properly equipped themselves for the stretch run this season with some of the acquisitions that they've made, some of the changes that they've made, and we'll see if there are more on the horizon with respect to the starting lineup. You let us know at 803-0550, the number to get on board. Steve, we need to also mention this. Weather watch, Saturday night, week 15. Well. Buffalo Lake Effect Snow. Say it with me, everybody. Uh, apparently... Things are setting up for there to be a lake effect snow event. Obviously nothing like we witnessed a few weeks ago that got the Browns game relocated to Detroit. But it looks as though snow is in the forecast for Saturday night. And it all depends on the wind direction and where the snow band is going to set up. That's what it looks like at this point. We all kind of, yeah. I mean, if you live here, you kind of know what Brownie's talking about. Um, one to, right now, the one I'm looking at says one to three inches overnight. Uh, it's going to be cold, low Saturday during the day. It'll be 31 at night. It'll be 25. Uh, and it's going to be 75% humidity that night. Um, and the lake is still relatively warm it's in, you know, in the mid to upper forties. So basically what they're saying during the day, Saturday, remember the bills are playing at night, eight fifteen kickoff. During the day Saturday, high of about 31, 32 degrees, 58 to 60% chance of snow, and 1 to 3 inches is forecast during the day. In the evening, when the Bills are playing football, variably cloudy, snow showers, a low of 25 to 26, winds 10 to 15 miles an hour out of the west-southwest, chance of snow 60%. Another one to three inches expected. So it looks like snow is going to be, at least right now, I realize it's only Tuesday and this is obviously subject to change. But if we get to about Thursday and this forecast is unchanged, we can bank on snow 
during the game. During know. the game, Saturday night. I'll say this, though. The snow's better than it was this last Sunday when it was wet. Uh, when it wasn't snow, it was rain. Uh, the snow's better because the ball will stay drier. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. And it's just better. You don't get wet. Uh, always Snow's always better than the rain. Uh, the thing that's the worst part about it is the winds. Um, southwest at, what, 12, 15, 1 to 3, yeah, about 12 miles per hour. Winds southwest, west-southwest. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. And this, yeah, somewhere between 55 and 60% chance of snow. It's going to be cold. Might be chilly. It's going to be cold. <laughs> it's going to be cold. Forget that chilly stuff. It's going to be cold. Um, yeah, we'll watch it. It's going to be a factor. Yeah. And, you know, the big – and, of course, all of us as Bills fans, and I know you've done this too, anybody you talk to about this game are asking me – and I anticipated. I, I cut him off before he even got there. Is it legal? Yeah. <laughs> is it right? You know where I'm going. Is it legal for the Bills to go without heaters? Then the Dolphins have to go without heaters on their sideline. Yeah, the amenities have to be identical. They have Which to be, is why the Bills didn't have uh, the misting fans. misting fans on their sidelines when the Dolphins. Oh, they had them on the sideline, but they, they just couldn't use them. They couldn't use them because the Dolphins said, "Oh no, we don't need those. We're in the shade over here. We're great." And I remember sitting in the press box looking at the Bills bench. They got those shades, those shade tents propped up to try to keep the players in the shade as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And there's six misting fans behind them, all unplugged, all unused, because the Dolphins aren't using them on their sideline. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's just annoying. Let's go to the phones at 803-0550-1888-550-2550 as we are asking you, have the Bills properly equipped themselves for a stretch run here in 2022. We go to Mike in Amherst to lead us off. What do you got for us, Mike? Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to thank you for being the exact sports therapeutics we all need in Buffalo. You guys have an <laughs> awesome show. Thank you. Um, I tune in every day while I'm working from home to kind of stay level-headed. So 
great show as always. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but I've never felt better about this team. I think we've shown the moment is not too big anymore. Um, you know, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, we'd be 10 and three first place, beat the Chiefs, the Titans, the Ravens. I'd sign that the rest of my life and say, absolutely. So I think they're in a great spot. Um, over the last four wins, I've gotten the vibe that they're kind of letting the game come to them and saying, hey, look, we're going to play the football game our opponent wants to play, and we're going to beat them. You know, it seemed like when we had those couple losses, Josh was being a little loose with the football, maybe being too aggressive. And, I mean, this is a question for you guys. Do you think the coaching staff kind of got together with them and said, hey, let's calm down. We're a good enough team. We can beat anybody over 60 minutes. Let's not force things. Um, and my other question to you guys was, do you think they have overcome these kind of one-off anomaly losses? Do you think that going down the stretch, you know, they're going to be prepared for those kind of wacky situations? Yeah, that's a good question. You're talking about the 13-second game, and you're talking about the Minnesota game when, you know, all he needed was one quarterback sneak for no gain to win the game. Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, you'd like to think so. But it's impossible to anticipate every weird situation that happens in a football game. You got to even the the I think it was Demar Hamlin in the Minnesota game with the with the Ju- Justin Jefferson pass where it actually he was going to intercept it and actually, Cam Lewis Cam Lewis Cam Lewis actually helped Justin Jefferson catch the ball. Ironically, when all he had to do was swipe it off to the sidelines and the Bills win the game. That kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't anticipate all of that. Uh, and that doesn't all fall on the coaching staff because you got to have some players out there who are pros and kind of get that situational thing too. Uh, I do think I like it. You, you're right. The Bills are right where they want to be, but when you're right where you want to be in this at this situation, this time of year, it's precarious because you got other good teams that are snipping at your heels, and you got to keep going. You got to keep staying where you want to be. So, yeah, they are right where they want to be. And I'll say this too about your other point, real quickly about the Bills kind of playing the game that is presented to them by their opponents. The Bills are a good football – no, they're a great football team. And right now they're displaying the fact that they can win games any way you want to have it. We saw them a couple of weeks ago run the ball more than they threw it. We've seen them play a defensive game like they did last week against the Jets. We've seen them hang 31 on the defending world champions, 41 on the number one seed from a year ago, 38 on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can beat you any way that is presented in the game they need to win that way. They can do it. They did it with turnovers. They've done it without turning over. They've overcome their own mistakes to win. They've done it every situationally thing way you can come up with. And that's something to feel good about. That's something to feel good about because they are a deep, stacked, talented football team that's playing really well right now. They don't play in a vacuum because there's some other good teams out there. In fact, the Bills have played in less of a vacuum than any other team in the league because I keep saying it, they've had the toughest schedule out there, and they've overcome to the number one seed. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot to feel good about about this team, but as we all know, it's the NFL and man, oh, man, you've got to get to the end of it. Right. At the same time, the concern we hear from Bills fans, at least the ones that are talking to me, is they had become accustomed to seeing this as a juggernaut offense through the ball down the field, kind of like we're seeing the Eagles do every week. That's what the Bills had, had <clears throat> kind of conditioned their fan base to expect. 
you can make the argument we have not seen that since about week five against the Steelers. And I think while Bills fans on the whole are happy that the team is still winning football games, I think they're wondering, hey, in a week where we actually need to be explosive, can we be? Because they haven't been reminded of that capability in a game in quite some time. And so I think that's why there are some Bills fans that are a little nervous saying, hey, can are we ever going to get back to that? Are we capable of doing that? And I think that's what they're openly wondering. I don't, I'm not saying it's a panic situation, but that's the general consensus that I get from the fans that have been talking to me even when I'm not on the show here. we got to take a break because when we come back, our colleague, one Alec White, content coordinator, Bills reporter for BuffaloBills.com, is going to join us. We're talking playoff scenarios. It is that time of the year. He'll bring us up to speed next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Pleased to be joined now by our colleague, content coordinator, Bills reporter for BuffaloBills.com, one Alec White joining us as it is time once again to review the AFC conference playoff race. And Alec, I know that uh, the Bills got some more help this past weekend. So why don't you kind of map out for us what week 15 did for the Bills to kind of help them with that Dolphins loss to the Chargers? Yeah, kind of the most important thing to know from week 14 is there is a playoff clinching scenario this coming week between the Bills and Dolphins. The Bills need a win and they get a playoff spot. They don't clinch the division, but they do assure themselves of a playoff spot. Uh, And now you're two games up on Miami with four games to play. So there's a little bit more margin for error, so to speak, in terms of the AFC East. Uh, The way it'll work, win. As I said, you get in the playoffs, two wins out of the next four. You're the minimum three seed in the AFC. You win three of the final four. The Bills are a minimum of, of the two seed. And if they win all four... As we said last week, they would still be the number one seed. Yeah, so, I mean, you win this weekend. You're three games clear of the Dolphins with three games to play. I mean, you're in the because Catbird the head, seat. Head, head-to-head becomes a push, right? Yeah, so it's and technically like they three would just and a half need, ahead. And your conference record would be better than theirs as well. They would just need the, the division tiebreaker of intradivision record between yeah. everybody else. But, yes, they, yeah. would, they win. They go three up. And then they could clinch the AFC East on Christmas Eve with the win against Chicago. Yeah, they would go two and two in the division. The Bills would go three and two in the division. Um, the Bills would have a eight and two conference record, and the Dolphins would have a six and four conference record. Yeah, all those tiebreakers would would shift towards Buffalo, so that even if they did, if the Bills did drop their final three games and the Dolphins won theirs, the Bills would still be ahead of them. I think. Because of, eh. because of the way that the the, uh, the schedule well no falls. because they're not they're not clinching the division this week if they beat Miami yeah there's that still that possibility if they, if, yeah. if no, no, Buffalo no. loses week 18 against New the England. Patriots and Miami wins and beats and the Jets beat, yeah because both teams have three AFC games in their last four and that's correct the, that's the difference because you can't really beat them on the uh, conference yeah. tiebreaker. Uh, so, Alec, what about matchups this weekend? What helps the Bills the best? What um, what could hurt them in terms of division and conference? So when I wrote the who to root for last week and did a breakdown, I said root for the Ravens, even though they have uh, an advantage in the AFC. 
but you still want to root for the Ravens this week against the Browns because it helps with the Bengals, right? Because if we're concerned about the Bengals potentially sneaking in, beating Buffalo, and holding that head-to-head tiebreaker, it helps for Baltimore to be... So it's kind of like a bird-in-the-hand thing. You already beat Baltimore. You would have the tiebreaker on them if they won their division and you won yours. Correct. So the Bills would need... Uh, the Ravens to beat the Browns this week. And then likewise, bang- the Bengals are at the Bucks. Tom Brady struggled, but he's going back home to Tampa Bay this week after being out in San Fran. So Bengals at Bucks is another one. Uh, and then in, your di- in the division, Jets and Lions. That-, that might be one of the better matchups on that Sunday. 1 p.m., it's even, it's in Detroit. Lions could be, are- they're playing for a playoff spot just yep. like the Jets. Uh, the one thing to note about the Jets is if the Bills win Saturday, the Jets cannot win the AFC East. They would be playing for a wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, Detroit at 6-7, six and seven, they're in the 9-hole in the NFC. But Washington and the Giants, who hold the 6-7 and seven seeds, are playing each other this week. And so a sixth loss brings the loser mm. of that game down closer to the rest of the teams in the hunt. Obviously, Seattle's in that picture also. But Detroit... They got to look at it here <laughs> with four games left. They're gonna, it's not like they're going to the Jets and like, oh, yeah, we'll play this game, whatever. There's something right. on the line for them. They got a legitimate shot if they can stay hot here down the stretch. So well, Steve yeah. and I have been arguing about they, the Detroit <laughs> and Jets game. He thinks yeah. the Jets are going to lump up the Lions, and I think the Lions are going to surprise the Jets. Not on the Lions bandwagon, Steve? I am not. Uh, although that doesn't mean – I am on the Jet bandwagon. They're good. They played the best team in the conference tough twice and split with them. Um, that's the Bills. They also got swept by the Patriots. I know it was both times with Zach Wilson. Right. Strength of schedule doesn't matter really in the NFL, but it look, makes the Bills win yeah. on Thanksgiving look a little bit better. No, no question. Um, yeah, in the tiebreakers and all that, strength of schedule is way down the list of tiebreakers. But it does mean something as the kind of team you've put together. And the Bills have, got a, have had a really tough schedule. They've been injured throughout the season. And they're still the one seed. So nobody's done it better than they have thus far. All right, so let's talk best case and worst case scenarios here going forward with as you know, with things as they currently stand here, Alec. What are we what are we looking at? Yeah, so best be- case scenario. Best case scenario this week, week fifteen only, Bills win, followed by a Jets loss, a Patriots loss, a Chiefs loss, and a Bengals loss. Lots of you need a lot of losses, but that's the best case scenario. That would scenario. be like a lottery ticket. <laughs> right, right. Again, this is, this is a dream best scenario. Case. Yeah, best case. Bills hey. go up three in the AFC East and now have a, a one-game, right. full one-game lead plus the tiebreaker over Kansas City for the one seed. Kansas think City about is though. playing Houston but this yeah, week. But, yeah, that's, that's going to be. <laughs> the feisty Houston Texans. Come on, Texans. Come on. Um, well, listen, we were here – at the end of the 2017 regular season with the Bills at the end of the drought. And they're like, the Bills had to win, and like three other teams had to lose. Yeah. lose and by all that did. last one did. So we'll see. I'm not, all right. you, know, you don't count that before it hatches, that's for sure. Uh, as you said, the Bills have a little breathing room in the division, so a loss wouldn't be catastrophic from that standpoint. But for a number one seed, it's a different story. So maybe just lay out much as I don't want you to, the worst-case right. scenario. Right, so AFC East, let's start there. If the Bills were to drop on Sunday to the Dolphins, lose that game. Saturday, yeah. Or on Saturday, yeah. The division odds, they would still be favored to win the division going down the stretch with three games remaining. The Bills, it would shift 
the prop the the timing of when the Bills could clinch a playoff spot and mm-hmm. the division. Right, right. Uh, so it would you would just shift it a week. They would go week sixteen against Chicago would be the playoff clincher if they were to lose to Miami, and then right. week seventeen if they won that one against Cincinnati, that would be the target date for clinching the AFC East. And then you're just kind of hoping and praying that Kansas City loses another one along the way. They still have yeah, Denver, sure. and they still have to play uh, the Raiders as well. Yeah, the Chiefs have the easiest strength of schedule in the league down the stretch here. I think it's been that way for the last six weeks. Their schedule is pretty tame after the, NA, the AFC West kind of fell flat on their face behind them this year. The Chiefs absolutely. And the Ravens have a very easy on. schedule, too. They do, but they're down but to they their have third. they one more time? Do they, they play Cincy one more time? Yes. I think they do, right? Uh, and the Steelers one more time, who they just beat. But they're down to their third-string quarterback, Anthony Brown. So it, it could be yeah. some potential room there for, for <laughs> right. Cincinnati that could to make. That's going to make that Week 17 game between the Bills and the Bengals very interesting because if by the time we get to that game, the Bengals have taken over the division lead in the AFC North over the Ravens, Bills are going to want that game so they have another tiebreaker. head-to-head tiebreaker. And that goes yeah. back to what we were saying earlier about you kind of want the Ravens still to, yeah. to be winning right now. Yeah, well, yeah, the Chiefs right now are sleepwalking through games. I mean, they, they absolutely oh, snooze. Oh, they can. They snooze-fest the Denver Broncos. They... Seattle might be their hardest game left. <laughs> and it's uh, at home in Arrowhead. Yeah, unless you count the Broncos giving them a game as a real thing. Yeah, well, they didn't last week. Right. I mean, well, they, they did, did for a little while. 28 but... to 34. But then, the, but that was in Denver. The next one's going to be at home. Ah, forget it. It's not yeah, And the Raiders. Yeah, maybe. Can't bank on that. Alec, thank you, as always, for uh, bringing us up to speed here. We'll uh, be sure to check in with you next week. As we uh, dial up and, you know, do the math on what happened in week 15. So we'll see you in week 16. Thanks, Thanks guys. very much. That's Alec right, White, Thanks, Alec. contact coordinator, Bills reporter for buffalobills.com. We will take a break here. Be back with more, including your phone calls next on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Oh, snap. Snapdragon apples are now available. Fuel your game day adventures with Snapdragon apples. Now available at Wegmans, Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of your Buffalo Bills. Those things got a long shelf life, Steve. I, I, you know, the food doesn't disappear as fast now in my house with my kids in college. I don't know. I had a couple of apples still left over in there. They were almost two weeks old. And, you know, you worry. You're, yeah. you're pushing it there yeah, at that they point. Little, they get a little mushy. Pulled a Snapdragon out, crunchy as it was the day I bought it. Unbelievable. <laughs> crunchy as it was the day I bought Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. There you go. <laughs> I, was very, I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, we got to get back to the phones at 803-0550, And next up is Judy in Buffalo. What do you got for us, Judy? You know, I think the Bills problem stems way back to the draft. They went heavy on defense, and, and none of those players are even on the field playing at any significant time. Uh, maybe maybe Cook ha- has helped us to some degree. But before the draft, I called in, and you were asking, you know, who should the Bills take? And I was very high on a six foot four, four point three eight wide receiver called Christian Watson. He was available. They didn't take him. The Green Bay Packers did in the second round. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he has eight touchdowns in the last four games. What an impact this player could have. We wouldn't even be talking about 
uh, Beasley and Brown at this point if he were on this team. Yeah, that's I get it. Um, here's the thing you got to remember too, and I and I that may. Yes, Judy, you're right. Um, it's a valid point. Going back and looking at the draft, you can always say should have taken this guy or that guy. No question about it. Um, I didn't have a problem with any of the things we did because we thought they needed a corner because of Tre'Davious White being injured, and they got Kyrie Elam, and, and they lost Levi Wallace in free agency. And they lost free right. So, yeah, I get it. Um, I'm not. I I don't know. I I have a hard time going down that road because it's a rabbit hole, no question. But they're ten and three, and they're number one in the conference. They've had the toughest schedule in the league. They haven't done too much wrong. Well, and I think we also have to put ourselves back where we were in April, Steve. And back where we were in April, we were fully confident that Gabriel Davis, who at that point in time, the last time we saw him on a football field, scored four touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs in a divisional playoff game, that he was going to be ready to assume the true number two wide receiver role. So the need was not perceived to be what it is now. Um, and people were pretty confident that Isaiah McKenzie could fill a slot role. They had signed Jamison Crowder in free agency at that point in time. So even if McKenzie didn't pan out, you had Crowder as insurance, a veteran player with proven production for the slot receiver role. So I think looking at the roster on paper and based on recent past production, Gabe Davis four touchdowns in the divisional playoff, Isaiah McKenzie filling in for the one time he did Cole Beasley in week 16, dropping 11 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown against New England in prime time. You, I think it's reasonable to say they thought they would be okay going forward and maybe they would supplement the back end of the roster with a receiver prospect, which they did in the form of Khalil Shakir. Obviously, here we are now in week 15 of the 2022 season. Gabe Davis hasn't fully assumed a true number two wide receiver role. And Isaiah McKenzie has not been able to replicate the production of Cole Beasley. As a matter of fact, those two guys together haven't replicated the production of Cole Beasley. Is it a problem? Yeah, it is. And that's why they brought John Brown and Cole Beasley back because they want to have some kind of answer. And, you know, Jamison Crowder is still on injured reserve. Although I think he's getting yeah, closer I, to a return. So you, you can't treat it in a vacuum. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I get your point, Judy. And I and truth be told, I think you're looking at this team taking a receiver in the first two rounds of the draft next spring yeah. for sure. Yeah, they're going to bring in down. Some, they're going to bring in some competition just like they've done already. They brought in Naheem Hines. They brought in uh, uh, Crowder, for that matter. Uh, they brought in um, John Brown. Cole Beasley, all these guys uh, as competition to keep the fire lit and in case, and because of their experience with this club and in this culture, they can be closer to being ready on a shortened back half of the season here with four games to go and, and playoffs. So yeah, they brought these guys back for a reason because they're closer to being able to contribute and they don't have to contribute over six months. Just in, in a best case scenario, just give us, finish us a game. You know, you're up, a guy goes down, just give us 35 snaps over the course of two games to get us through the playoffs, make a couple of plays. That's what you're looking at with a guy like Cole Beasley, even John Brown. Well, just make the offense more efficient. They don't even have to come in and finish the whole season as the number two or number three wide receiver. 
you're looking at these guys they're as like relief okay, pitchers. Just come in, finish us this game, and make about four catches over the last three quarters of this game, and you're going to be we're gold. That's all we need. That kind of thing is what you're looking at. But I I agree with you. Think about it. If you if you go back and do the draft all over again, the Bills probably do. If they don't like Kyer Kyer Leadham's having trouble getting on the field. All of a sudden, they do take the best wide receiver, the guy that now you look at this season, you say, okay, hey, wow, look at this wide receiver. You take him, right? You yeah. take Christian Benford the, exactly where you took him, and he's your starting corner on opening day just like he was this year. I mean, there's a lot of things you do differently if you go back in time. I, I get it. Um, teams have been, you know, we as fans. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We do that constantly, but Brownie's right. You go back and where we were at that point, this, this team was a steamroller and you're just, you're just, you're painting a mural on the side of it. I mean, basically is what you're doing. This, yeah. this team was going. So um, I, I'm not too interested in, in hitting the panic switch because the, the team is winning these games and all of a sudden, you know, you need, you, you didn't beat the jets by enough to feel good about your offense. Well, the Chiefs beat the beat the Broncos by less than the Bills beat the Jets. The Cowboys beat the Houston Texans by less than the Bills beat the Jets. So calm down with the we got it. We should have done so much differently back in April. Because um, we're the Bills are exactly where they envisioned themselves being at this point of the regular season. Break time for us here, but when we return for hour number two, we're going to be joined by senior NFL writer for Outkick.com, Armando Salguero, who's joining us for hour number two next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 